James 3, verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who was never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Let's say our scripture declaration together. Lord, we honor your word to us. May your truth become our heart's pursuit and our life's practice. Heavenly Father, bless Pastor Randy as he brings forward the message that you have prepared him to deliver to us. Amen. My marriages against technology. Before, our relationship was just a tangled mess of push notifications, interruptive chimes, farm animal games, and, and secret GPS tracking. I was checking Nancy's Facebook page just to see where she was at. Physically and emotionally. And I was fortifying my manhood by playing violent video games in which I was a sniper trying to save all of America. Waffle Daddy 16 is down. Give him a med kit. Bravo. They're on your six! They're on your six! Frick out! Frick out! I just wanted him to take out the trash. Don't look at me! I had a hard time communicating how I felt. He'd try these little emoticons, but the messages got mixed. I have fat thumbs, and one slip to the right, and you are sending a totally different message. It got to the place where I was finding attention elsewhere. Oh, come on. Come on! 
We were talking about separating. And by separating, we mean buying an additional tablet so we could each have one. The point is that we were chewing up our data with nothing to show for it. And that's when we discovered unplugging. unplugging. It's a form of communication that requires no electricity or Wi-Fi. It was awkward. We were just sitting on the sofa, the two of us, no devices. The eye contact alone was... Can I even say this on TV? We were talking without the football score dinging on his phone. For her, it used to be words with friends, but now it's words with me. Unplugging has revolutionized the way we relate to each other. When the electricity goes out, I don't even flinch. And when I say flinch, I mean lose my everlasting mind. I know they're skeptics, but all I say is give it a shot. It's worth your time. You will see results. And fast. The most common side effects from unplugging include jitters, twitches, and withdrawals. If you experience other mental disturbances, take a walk in the sunlight. If you have a conversation that lasts more than four hours, don't see a doctor. This is normal. Just keep talking. Unplugging may not solve all your relational issues. Your overspending habits are an entirely different topic and we don't have time for it. Unplugging. See if it's right for you. It was right for us. <laughs> the cumulative effect of that whole video is pretty good, right? Well, today we're continuing in our relationship status, and today is part two. I'll just give you a quick heads up that part three next week, I'm going to be talking about conflict and just kind of dealing with that, and uh, hopefully that'll be something that would be an encouragement and a help to you. Uh, I want you to leave today encouraged and challenged, not in any way kind of beaten down or browbeat, because the truth of the matter is, is that today I'm going to be talking about communication. Last week, we talked about hope, and we talked about the hope chest that we all come into a, uh, a relationship with. We have a hope chest. We hope you will do this. We hope it's going to be this way. These are our hopes and dreams that we usually don't even bring out and talk about, but they're there nonetheless. And so we talked about a hope chest last week, but here today we're going to be talking about communication and how to make sure that we're actually doing it. George Bernard Shaw had a great quote and he, uh, he said something to the effect of the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. And so the truth of the matter is, is that for us, sometimes we think we've been incredibly clear but yet we have not because the communication actually takes two people at least. And so when you have one person who thinks it's been clearly stated and yet the other is not on that same page, actual communication has not taken place. And I just want to talk very quickly about a couple of communication odds and ends. And I want to just kind of visit with you about a few things that I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on. But I want to give you a sense of exactly how important communication is. 
And there is, you know, not just the relationship between a spouse that's at stake here. There's also the relationship between a, a son and a daughter uh, of yours and yourself, or maybe a parent, maybe a brother or sister. You can go on and on. And the truth of the matter is, is that you know that there are things in your life, like, for example, if you are not ever communicating with your boss, uh, that could be a problem because you need to have that an op- as an open line of communication between you and the people that you answer to at work. And so I want to talk very quickly about something that's actually kind of been in the news as there's been a few different kind of controversial things that have happened and been said about raising children and the words that we use. You might have even heard about the study that was referenced, and I don't want to go too far down the political path at all, but I will say that there was at one time a study that said there was about a 30 million word gap between young people that did not succeed later on in their life versus those that did. And the biggest difference that they could tell was that there literally was a huge number of words that were being directed towards the children of those successful kids or towards those successful kids and those that were not, were not having nearly as many engagements and conversations and communication going on between their parents and them. And it's been kind of attacked and kind of torn down as being something that was fully accurate. And I've even looked a little bit into that and I get it. But I do want to just say something. If you were raising kids, if you were raising grandkids, man, talk to those kids Visit with them and talk to them constantly because it does make a difference in their language skills, which is really important as they go forward. And I just want to be very clear. NPR has a website out there, and it basically had an article that I want to make sure, and it's called, Let's Stop Talking About the 30 Million Word Gap. And at the very end, this is word for word what it says. She adds, this is the doctor that's quoted here, the sheer volume of conversation uh, that is directed at children, not just spoken in their presence, is fundamental to language learning and later success in school. She disputes the 30 million, but she knocks it down to 4 million. But let me just be very clear. 4 million words over a five-year lifespan is about 2,000 more words per day for those kids that succeed more on a higher level versus those that do not. Communication is incredibly vital and incredibly important no matter who you are. And so if you're wanting to build a bridge to your teenage daughter or your teenage son, it happens and it starts with communication. If you want to raise up a child and, you know, have an influence in their life and prepare them the very best you can, it begins with communication. If you want to have a marriage that lasts, I'm here to tell you that it begins with communication. As a matter of fact, Dr. John Gottman can predict with 93% accuracy which couples will and will not stay together. And here is what his researchers and himself, what they found. They observed couples that stayed together versus those that split up. And here is what they found as the common denominator. They found that if you were engaged in meaningful conversation for less than 10 minutes a day, you would probably get a divorce. If you were engaged in meaningful conversation between 10 and 20 minutes per day, you would probably stay together, but you would probably be unhappy. 
But if you were engaged in a communication, a meaningful connection that was about 20 minutes or even more per day, you probably had what you would characterize and what others on the outside looking in would characterize as a happy marriage. This is incredibly important. This is not something that I'm just making up. It's not something that's not a biblical topic. You just heard Eric read a whole long passage of Scripture from James that talks all about how important it is that we use our tongue for positive and not for negative reasons. And so I want to tell you a little bit about some of these things. And here's the something to learn very quickly. The something to learn is is that conversations can shift from basic to critical quickly. Often before either side knows why it has or that it has shifted. I'm going to say that again and then I'm going to ask for an amen. Conversations can shift from basic to critical conversations pretty quickly. Sometimes before you know why it happened or that it happened. Can I get an amen on that, right? Y'all have been there? And I'm not even talking about the dreaded ones where you walk in and your spouse says, we need to talk. And you're like, you know, please don't say those words, right? And so here's what we know. We know that it can shift on us. Have you ever, let's be a little true confession good for the soul. Have y'all ever had this happen to you where you were making a joke and suddenly you turned and you realized that what you thought was a joke is not a joke to the other person? Can I get an amen, right? Right? You've been there? True confession. How many of you have been that person that you know, you got the joke told on you, but it wasn't funny. Can I get an amen on that, right? Shelly's back there going, Randy's always telling jokes, usually at my expense. And I, I think she's right. So anyway, here is the thing. If you and I aren't clued into conversations becoming what we might call a critical conversation or a crucial conversation, we can do a lot of damage. And have you, okay, I, I don't know if this has ever happened for you, But have you ever had that dawning on your mind like, "Uh uh-oh, this took a turn somewhere, right? Have you ever had that happen to you? Have you ever had that feeling in the pit of your stomach like, I think I just took one step too many? Have you ever had that happen? Have you ever had the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and and you're like, "Uh, I'm in big trouble and I just now realize, right? These three things tell you, it's almost like this innate sense that you and I have that a conversation just shifted from being a basic conversation to being a critical or a crucial one that you and I have to pay attention to. But do you guys know that we're not good at critical or crucial conversations? You know, because the truth of the matter is, is that when we have a critical or a crucial conversation, a lot of the time, you know what's flowing through your veins? Adrenaline. Adrenaline makes you do things that are higher level and emotion and less on the level of thinking. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm having a really, really important conversation with my wife, I've got to have everything I've got going on because I don't have near enough anyway. I've got to have every resource pointed towards that thing and getting it focused. When I'm dealing with my daughters, I don't want to be distracted. When I'm talking to my parents and it maybe kind of gets across that line where it feels like a crucial or a critical conversation, man, I don't want to cross that line. And you sure don't want to do it with your boss. Can I get an amen, right? You had better have your stuff together in the moment that you're talking to your boss. So if you're doing that, if you feel these things coming on, the problem for you and me is, is that less blood literally physiologically and physically, less blood is going to your brain for thinking 
And more blood is going to your extremities. That's why your legs feel all heavy when you get in one of those conversations. It's because blood is getting dumped to your legs so you can run away instead of sit there and talk it out. Because for years and years and years, that's all that we've ever been doing is fighting it out and running and all of these things. But instead, we're supposed to be talking it through. But physiologically, it's hard to do. And so here's what I want to talk very quickly about on crucial conversations. And actually, some of the things that I'm going to be sharing, this actually says it's been uh, over 1 million copies sold, but the truth is it's up to 4 million copies that are sold. And they actually do entire um, uh, seminars on how to have crucial conversations, not just with relationships, but also in your business setting. This is a great business book, but it's also great for you. If you're a person who doesn't do communication real well, I encourage you, man, get this book and you can get it on Audible and, uh, and listen to it. It is really, really good. Now, very quickly, let me backtrack. I didn't talk about the five level of communication, but I want to do that. And then um, we'll talk a little bit about the difference between this stuff and a critical or crucial conversation. We understand that there's a lot of conversation that you have with people that you don't really care that closely about. It's not that you're mean or rude or whatever, but you can't care deeply about every single person that you meet. And so there's the level of cliche where you just say, hey, how's it going? Beautiful weather we're having. Hey, you know, whatever. Those kind of surface level things. But then you can go to level number two, which is reporting facts, And these are things like, you know, hey, tomorrow I'm flying out and I've got to go and be in Midland, Texas for, you know, job situation. So these are reporting of facts. And this is happening a lot in a uh, a marriage relationship where you're like, look, you got to go and pick up the kids today because I'm going to do this thing, you know, that I can't get away from. And so you got to pick up the kids and then you got to bring them to your mom's house and drop them off. And then I'll pick them up four hours later. You know, all of this kind of reporting of facts and dealing with schedules. You guys with me so far? Y'all know that, right? You know this stuff. Here is where so many relationships stop right here. Level one, level two. There are at least three higher levels than that, and this is where you begin to actually feel connection, level three, four, and five. But if you're a person who doesn't understand or grasp this, catch this, and don't miss it, if you are doing nothing but doing level one and level two conversations, that's not the kind that make you feel close to someone. This is when you report the idea of feeling like business partners instead of marriage partners. You're raising the kids together. You're dealing in the same budget, but you're not dealing with one another in a way that you love each other and make connection. Do you understand? This is why. Because you never get past level one or level two. And the reason that you don't is because level three starts getting a little bit more vulnerable and it gets a little bit more explosive. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? So you stop at one and two because this is where the easy stuff is. And you know, you and I, we've had this situation where we've been on the outs with somebody and we think to ourselves, this is good because we're talking and we're talking and and we're not yelling at each other and that's good. But probably in most situations, you're just doing level one and level two And you're not going any deeper. And so you're not actually connecting with people. You're just simply kind of doing the surface stuff. And you will still drift from those people unless you go a little further along in these levels of communication. 
Speaking of going a little further, can I get an amen so far? Right? Y'all with me? Okay, so level three is when you start sharing your ideas and your judgments. When you start saying, well, this is what I think. Did you see this story? Well, this is what I think. You know what it made me think of or know what it made me feel? You begin to talk about those things. And that's level four there as well, where you're talking about my feelings. And you can even go to the place where you're talking about your feelings having to do with them and that person. And then level five, you go to empathy and connection. Do you guys understand what empathy and connection means? That means when you hurt, I hurt. When I hurt, you hurt. And we connect. And when we're doing something together where we get on the same page and we have the same ideas and the same thoughts and the same plan and the same path. And I just, you know what, I'm going to stop right here and just tell you, level five is what feels deep and intimate and close But it is hard to do because you've got a lot of moving parts here and there is a lot of sacrifice going on when you get to level five. Now, last week when I talked about the hope that you had, this is what you were hoping for. But here is the truth. For most of us, we don't get to level five because I talked about it last week and I said that great relationships have developed into a submission competition And when I bear my soul to you, you had better treat it with kid gloves or I will stop quickly. And I'll retreat and I'll probably go back to level two. At very least, I'll go back to level three. Because if I'm telling you things that make me feel vulnerable and stupid and silly, but they're actually what I believe, if you don't make me understand that we're in this together... Or if you don't reciprocate and share those things, you begin to see me retreat. You might even physically see me move away. Now, this is so far kind of feeling like this is a a, uh, a spouse thing. But let me hear, just hit the button and stop and say, this happens with your kids all the time. When your kids are understanding where they are in this world... And they share something that doesn't make sense. You had better be careful. Parents, you had better clue in that you're at a crucial conversation. And you had better give them some safety. Or else, guess what they will do? They will run to their room. They will deal with their iPad. They will hang out and watch TV. They'll play video games. They'll call their friends. They'll connect with them. They'll do all of that stuff. And you might even go to them and say, hey, it's good to see you. And they might even go, Don't touch me. Why? Because you have not shown yourself to be safe. They've given you a vulnerable moment. and then So the physical manifestation is what you have done on the inside with your words or lack of words. And let me just say this very quickly. Your lack of words sometimes are really important for you to pay attention to too. I can't tell you about a trauma that I had as a kid, and you just go, good talk, and it not crush me on the inside, right? Your kids go through things that they don't fully grasp yet or understand yet, and they may be trying to use you as a sounding board. And in that communication, you had better clue in, this is something I got to give my full attention to. This is when you turn off the TV. This is when you put down the phone. This is when you stop everything else that's going on and you say, you know what? This feels like you and I need to have some full attention here. And let me just tell you, 
If you've blown this, I've got great news. You can blow it and still make up for it. You can still bring this back, but you can't do it on the same level as you got there. You can't just go, well, I'll do the same thing I did before, and hopefully it'll work this time. You probably need a little shift in your strategy on making those meaningful connections. All right, man, just so much to say. Very quickly, i tell you what I want to do here just to kind of nail this point down. Let's go to Martin Luther King's quote. Very quickly, he says, our lives begin to end the day that we become silent about the things that matter. And can I just tell you something? I'm going I'm to change this quote just a little bit, and I think you'll agree. Relationships begin to end the day that we become silent about the things that matter to us, to those that we have relationships with. The day your child stops talking to you about what's important to them, that should be a red flag that you need to backtrack and pick up where you almost were together. You understand? You need to go as far back as you possibly can, what got us off track. Because the truth of the matter is, is that our relationships truly do begin to end if I can't trust you. I begin to pull back as we've already talked about. I think I've talked enough, but I hope that that will help you and stick with you. So let's keep moving very quickly. The Dr. John Gottman Institute, I already mentioned that, and you can even check that out. This is, a, this is the website. I took a little screenshot here. But here is what he says. There are four horsemen of the apocalypse of any relationship, and this is what it is. It's criticism, you know, constantly criticizing somebody. Constantly being on the defensive. You know, they may have something to say and it may be true, but I won't listen to it because I'm just going to be defensive. Or when you show contempt, that is just disgust and constant anger towards someone and then stonewalling. Uh, Man, hey, listen, I don't know if you know what this is, but I know you've seen it before. You know, I don't care what you say. I'm not even going to give you a response. I'm not even going to show that it hurt. I'm not going to say a word. You cannot reach me. Please leave a message. Randy is out and will not be back for six and a half months, right? I mean, this is stonewalling. Keep yourself at a distance. I don't even want to look at you, much less talk to you. And if these things are happening in your relationship, whether it's with your boss, man, get on the horse, (laughs) You better do something different because if this is how he or she feels about you, you've got problems and your job security ain't good. If this is how your children feel about you or they're showing you these things, you had better get serious about learning how to have a crucial or critical conversation. Here is the big idea that I want to just share with you. And I just want to talk about the big idea. I have so much more to share and just don't simply have the time. (laughs) I'd rather come up with more than I can share than not come up with enough. So here's the big idea, and we'll move on. The big idea is communication sets the destination when it comes to your relationships. Communication sets the destination when it comes to your relationships and mine. And we've got to get where we actually communicate well. Now, as I said a minute ago, the Crucial Conversations book, I encourage you to check that out. There are lots of other resources, and I can... You know, if you shoot me a text on my phone, I'll let you know some of those that you can use. But I will also just tell you, I can't tell you every single thing to do today. I'm going to share some things that hopefully will be something that you can clearly see from Scripture as a scriptural idea and concept here. And so I'm going to share those with you and share a couple of real practical things. Let's talk about them real quickly. How do you communicate well? 
Number one, you remember your highest priority at all times. And just understand that the most important conversations that you have leave both of you feeling connected, not disconnected. And here's the truth. For most of us, we like to win over actually going for a win-win situation. I like to win. It doesn't matter if you lose as long as I win. But the truth of the matter is, we talked about this last week, in almost every relationship, there's at least one person that tends to be the dominating and the domineering one. And if that happens, you might dominate, 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 think you're winning, 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 and then suddenly they're gone. You can't find them. They ghosted you. They've got nothing left to say, and you can't figure out what happened You've got to make sure that the highest priority that you have in every single conversation is connection over conquest. You guys understand? Connection over conquest. And then you've got to seek to understand them and where they are and then make sure that you're being understood. Because for most of us, I just want to say, I want to say, I want to say, I want to tell you what I need to say so you can understand where I'm coming from. I've said I want you to understand where I'm coming from 1,732 times in my relationship with my wife, at least, right? Shelly, don't you dare say amen. I know you're thinking it, but I don't blame you. Here's what the deal is. My job is not to make sure she understands. My job is to understand where she's coming from, what she's feeling, what's happening with her. The most important priority is not winning or saying what I feel like i got to get off my chest or I'm going to explode. The most important thing for us to do is to say, you, Shelly, are the highest priority. And this conversation, I want things to change. I've got something I feel like I need to say. But I want to make sure that you understand that the most important thing in my life is you, my daughter, is you, my son, is you, my parents, sister, brother, I want to make sure that you understand that even if we're on a different page right now, the last thing in the world that I want to do is get off the page and stay off the page for a long time. I need you in my life. You make my life better. Like, this is the kind of thing where you have your highest priority at the very top of your mind. Instead of winning, you have connecting. There's a big difference. Right? You guys with me? You all understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm not going to ask true confession good for the soul now. But I have a feeling for most of us, when you and I go into a conversation and the adrenaline is up, and the hair's on the back of the neck is standing up, and the pit of the stomach is going, and the legs are feeling heavy, and all that stuff's happening, when all of that is happening, you want to win. You know how I know? Because I want to win. <laughs> we are human beings. But we can reprogram ourselves to be people that don't say the stupid things that are flooding in and do the right things to build someone up. So different. All right, so how do you communicate well? This is it. And you might be thinking to yourself earlier, you said 20 minutes of meaningful conversation. Oh, my goodness. Like I can find 20 minutes to do anything in my life. Here's what I would say to you. I've got a great idea for you, and there's a picture of it. Let's back up one if you don't mind. This is your picture right here because you're going to eat. You're going to eat every day. How, I just know this about you. You're going to spend probably about 20 to 30 minutes at your table 
Whatever that looks like. Maybe it looks like a TV tray in front of Netflix. I don't know. But here's what they have Having a family dinner changes so much in the family dynamic. And I know that some of you guys, y'all hate me right now. You're like, man, I'm never going to watch another ESPN you know, television program because of what you just said when my wife was actually listening. What are you thinking, bro? And let me just tell you this. I'm just going to tell you this. Invest in a DVR. Best $15 you spend every month because every single program that you want to watch, you can watch it in 40 minutes instead of 60. And anytime you see something that's really coming on and your kid comes through, daddy, daddy, can you help me with your homework? And you just like pause and you're like dad of the year right here, ready to go, right? It's a DVR. It will change your life. It's good stuff. But seriously, if you have these daily conversations with your kids, it helps them. It helps your marriage. It helps you. And it's something that you're going to spend time doing anyway. And I'm not even going to get into the digestion part. It's better at the table than on the couch, but it is true, okay? All right, so check that out and get into just having a daily family dinner. We get together. We reconnect because these are the most important things in my life. And you can even say a prayer before you have your food and turn it into a spiritual experience. It's awesome. All right, check it out. Number two, how else do you communicate? Well, you remember to always keep your magic ratio going in the right direction, not just when you are at odds. How many of you had a parent when you were younger that would say, now, I love you. I love you. You're great. You're an amazing kid, and you usually do what's really, really good, and I'm proud of you almost all the time. Y'all know that there's a big butt coming, right? I mean, when you were growing up, you're like, okay, but now what, mom, <laughs> right? But now what, dad? Here is our problem. We do that to our spouses, to our kids, to our bosses. Hey, I'm really, really grateful for this job, but man, I got to have more money. <laughs> When's the last time you told him you were grateful for the job? Probably has been a while. What about when you come to your spouse? You know what? You're the best woman I've ever met in my life. You're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're incredible. But let me tell you something I need to change, see changing in our relationship. You know what you've done? All of those things that you said have all been washed away. Can I get an amen, ladies, right? And you're right back at square one because they know that the big butt is coming. And everybody knows none of us like big. Anyway. Well, some of us. Anyway, magic ratio, that's where I was. The magic ratio is five to one. That means five positives to one negative. If you want to reach your kids, constantly keep that ratio going toward the positive. Like not when you need to tell them something terrible. And can I just tell you something? What we're really bad at as people is we think it and we don't say it. We look at our kids and we're like, man, I love that kid. Don't say a word. Man, I'm proud of that kid. They did good. Say that stuff. You'd be surprised at how quickly you can get to that five whenever you actually say it when it comes to your mind. And you become a parent who is encouraging and not a parent who's just constantly pushing you down. Very quickly, let's move forward to this next one. How else can we have... Oh, how many of you have one of these? You brought it with you today. Here's what I got to tell you. How many of you can set an alarm on one of these? 
I'm going to tell you something. If you want your life with your wife or life with your husband to be better than ever before, get this thing. Set an alarm for Monday to repeat every single Monday at 1130. And when that thing goes off, you send a text and you say, you know what, I'm really grateful for our life together. And the first couple times, she'll be like, oh, well, you heard Pastor Randy say it, so that's what's going on. Hey, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't matter if I said it and you heard it and you did it. If it's meaningful, she'll love it anyway. Ladies, can I get an amen, right? You'll love it anyway. And ladies, guess what? I know we look like absolute armor-plated studs on the outside, but we're really softies on the inside. We like to hear it from you too. It can go both ways. And so if you set that alarm, this can be your thing. And you know what? You can send them a text. Your kids would rather have a text than a call from you most of the time anyway. Send them a text at 1.30 in the morning when you can't sleep if you're over 45, right? I mean, just do that. And they'll get it when they get it. And they'll love you. And you send them and you just tell them how much you love them. So important. Communicating well, quickly. This is the next one. How do we communicate well? We agree upon a ripcord phrase and we use it before you set the forest on fire. Maybe that's I need time. Maybe that this is getting a little too intense. Hey, can we back off? You know what we used to do with our kids? Go sit in the timeout spot until I figure out what I'm going to do with you. And when it was really bad, go sit in the timeout spot until I figure out what I'm going to do to you. All right. This is how we do it. I don't lose my cool, I don't yell, I don't scream, I don't lift my voice. I tell my kids, go sit in the timeout spot, and I'm going to chill out, and I'm going to have the good idea of what I'm going to do instead of disciplining you in anger. Big difference, big difference. All right, how do you communicate well? This is what I'm talking about. You find the mutual high ground for both of you. Your relationships are God-given for both good and growth in your life. I'm going to say that again. I want you to hear. Your relationships are God-given things to bring about both good in your life, but also growth in your life. And how many of you know that sometimes it's hard to deal with growth because it hurts? It does. The biggest agent of change in my life has been my wife. And that's been hard And it is also something that I owe her for the rest of my life. It's incredible when you have that kind of relationship that brings and calls out the best in you and sees even more potential than you've even reached at this point. That's for you, and that is something that God has given you. In that passage of Scripture, let's go to the James chapter 3 passage one more time. It talks about how you curse other people that are made in God's image, but yet, you know, you don't actually give them the respect and the, the love that you would give God. And you say, oh, I'm all about God, you know. Well, how can you not love his children? I'm going to tell you something. If you and I want to get on opposite sides of each other, the quickest way for me to do it is for me to say something terrible and insulting about your kids. And you know what? If you do the same to me, I'm probably not a preacher anymore for at least about 10 minutes, right? You know? I mean, why? Because those are my kids. Those are your kids. You love them. You protect them. They matter to you. And how can you and I disrespect and constantly drag down God's kids and then say, but I love God? No, no, no. 
your communication tells me something different. It tells me that the God that you love is a little different than the one that you see in other people around you. And that shouldn't be like that. Amen? All right, so here's how you apply this. Very quickly, how is your communication 1 to 10? And I did something devious. I know this is not good, but I did something devious. I put down the 1 to 10, and then I put two lines. One is your own assessment. Be honest. And then the other one is for your child to fill in for you. Or for your spouse to fill in for you. And can I warn you of something? You are going to want to do something that you don't need to do. You're going to tell them why they're wrong. <laughs> they're going to say, ah, you're probably about an eight. And you're like, what are you talking about an eight? Man, my communication rocks. I'm at least a ten and a half out of scale of one to ten. No, don't do that. Because I've got even worse news for you. They probably overshot it by about two points just to make sure they didn't hurt your feelings. If they tell you you're an eight, you're a six, maybe a five, right? I mean, this is just how we do because we understand that we communicate and we don't always talk in the same way of what we're saying. In other words, when Aunt Bertha says, do you like my Brussels sprout casserole? You don't say, I hate Brussels sprouts. You go, mm-mm, <laughs> can't wait. Why? Because she's not asking, do you love my Brussels sprout casserole? She's asking, do you love me? Right? We know this. And this is the critical moment of the crucial conversation. And you had better be paying attention. Because if you're not, you do damage. And let me just rewind real quickly. And I'm just going to paraphrase the New Texas version what an incredible thing a flame is. A little bitty flame that gets set to fire and a forest is destroyed and, and, and incredibly important things burn to the ground because of one small spark. And in the body, there is one small member of it that has incredible boasts, has incredible power of positive or negative. It's your tongue. It can set a whole forest of fire in your home or in your job. But no man can tame it without God's help. Do you understand? This is what this passage of Scripture is talking about. Your communication and my communication should be something that powerfully builds others up and not tears them down. I think you probably saw a couple of Proverbs passages. One of my very favorite words from God's Word is that Proverbs passage that says, Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Your tongue has the power of life and death. You had better be wise. And you can get better at it, but you have to engage and you have to do your very best to do your best. Oh, here it is. How many of you know what this is right here? It's a Sharpie. How many of you have ever had a surgery where the doctor walked in with one of these? Pops it open, and you're like, Mama, Mama ain't going to like that. Don't do that, you know? And they circle the knee that you're going to have operated on. Or they X out the foot and say, not this foot. Yes, you write no on one and yes on the other. 
There's a Reddit user <laughs> that actually posted some pictures. He said, I, I did the funniest thing. He said, I started writing all over my body because they gave me a Sharpie to make sure I was making sure that they were operating on the right knee, the correct knee, not the right knee. But you see how this gets confusing, right? So here's what he did. He said, X out on this one, wrote not this one, <laughs> wrote this one, this leg. He was still waiting. You know, sometimes you wait a little while. And so a little further up his body, he wrote, you cannot have my appendix. What are you doing up here? Go back down to the knee. <laughs> Told his mom, said, grab this, write it on my back. If you can read this, flip over, you're on the wrong side. <laughs> true story. At least he tells it like a true story. I share all of this to hopefully make you smile, and maybe you can remember this in this way. You probably think that you're talking a lot, that you're over-communicating, that you're very, very clear. But where did I begin? George Bernard Shaw says one of the biggest impediments to actual communication going on is you thinking it's taken place and the other person being clueless. For most of us, more thank yous, more I'm sorry's, more I love you's, all of those things begin to go into this ratio where there's positive vibes flowing constantly, not just when you have to say something hurtful or something that's wrong. There's a big difference. Your tongue can do incredible things to set the destination with your communication, whether it's with your kids, your spouse, your friends, your parents, whoever it might be. But for most of us, we take it for granted, and we think everybody already knows. No, no. Over-communicate and make sure there's no doubt how you feel about those that you love the most. Heavenly Father, as we end our time together, I just pray that you would use us as your vessels for your good and for expanding your kingdom here. But also, Lord, what a terrible thing it would be for us to not love and express the love that you have expressed to us, to those that we love the most. Use us all as vessels to convey the, the honor, the value, the care, the concern for those in our life. Lord, we need your help. What we do naturally doesn't usually work. We need your help, and we need you to give us the strength to do those things. So help us, dear Father, to be vessels of your love in our entire world and in our circle of influence. Bless us, I pray, in Jesus' name. So very quickly...